Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. So today we're going to talk a bit about pace. Pace, we hear the phrase sometimes, pace of grace. And in my e-courses and books, I talk about slow. I have a whole chapter devoted to this concept of slow and integration and what it means to have pace in our wee story of a gospel heritage. But first, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you that we can be out and about today on this windy day and thinking about the pace that you want us to have amidst this gusts of wind and how you want us to learn and grow together as family of God. Please cover this time and let it be holy and bring goodness and glory to you and to help to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So in 1 John 3 and 4, one of my favorite sections in scripture, we talk about, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes and courses, the Lord says there through the Apostle John, he says, perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment or judgment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We know, scaling all the way back to reaching very far back to Genesis 1 to 3, that the pace was at the speed of walking in the garden with God and each other caretaking the animals, caretaking the garden. You might hear leaves crunching under my feet. Walking outside. And then when the fall came, that word fall indicates a sudden change, a sudden shift in elevation. We might be experiencing a feeling or sensation of falling, but still be upright and the earth may not be moving, but in our mind or our vestibular system, it may be detecting movement beyond our threshold. And so this concept of fall, this suddenness, is quite different than the pace that we were accustomed to through the first family of Adam and Eve and God, walking with God in the garden. So when we read about perfect love casting out fear, that word cast, that's that's a paste word, but it's it's fast. It's relatively like when you were to cast, in English, when we were to cast a stone or cast a line to fish. It's something that you throw away from you. You cast out. You move it away from you. And there, there's gravity involved. There's a parabolic curve, you know, there's a drop that happens, but it may not be like the sudden suddenness of a fall. It's more of a steady and intentional casting away. So when we read about perfect love casting out fear, there's this almost sense of it casting out on the doorstep and closing the door and <laughs> don't come back, <laughs> not welcome here. And when we think about that in terms of pace, I like to bring it back to this 
bigger concept of headship that we've talked about in previous e-courses and episodes. We have what I've called hyper-headship. It's a headship that can move too fast in different directions that are outside of the threshold of God's system. So we might have headship that could be using scripture terms of a scoffer. This might be someone who tends to be narcissistic, who puts people down, who has a general mindset and attitude of contempt and derision of others. And you hear these rushing large trucks in the background and all this world of traffic. So I am walking in a park amidst this mix, this different scene of wind blowing, rain falling, leaves racing across the ground and tumbling to a stop and cars. So it's this interesting moment in time to be talking about pace. So when we are talking about a scoffer, their pace is outside of what I would dare say is God's system. What has been human design designed for people, for humanity, what our needs are for attachment, what our needs are for safety and communication that's of an orderly kind. We know that scriptures call God a God of order, not chaos. And we know that when Satan came and tempted the first couple, and we go into this in previous episodes and courses, that he used a disorderly logic that was not honest, it was deceptive, and it was manipulative. And so we could say that that scoffer, that scoffing method, really is an echo of the satanic and initial satanic temptation in the fall. And he scoffed God. He was scoffing God's creation. He had the nerve and the gall to think he could come and mess with us. And it worked. And that's what's sad in this world and tragic is that the systems, though they are not designed for our slow or steady and safe habitation, they are often effective. And yet that is also short-lived because the destruction that comes out of that, as Jesus called Satan, the father of lies and a murderer, a thief who's come to steal and destroy, he poses, he poses as a false shepherd and Jesus is the good shepherd and the sheep know his voice and hear it. And that indicates this other pace, this pace of attunement, this pace of affection, this pace of, of familiarity, of knowing that someone's voice will reward you when you come to it, will reward you with safety, will reward you with food and nourishment, will reward you with companionship or shelter, will reward you by guiding you to your safe haven, your pasture or paddock or whatever the lodging of a sheep might be these days will take you safely home. Now we know if we go too fast, too suddenly, too soon, whether we're driving a car or driving a bike or running or walking, and if something comes at us with a larger speed, a larger even mass than we are, there can be a collision and there could be injuries that result partly because we call it an accident because, well, we don't intend for that to happen. And also it happened beyond the threshold of what our brain, of our system, our decisions, our 
skill, a combination of all of these things, all these environmental factors outside of our control, that we could not marshal that. We could not control it, could not change it. Scoffing systems try to take on too much. They try to control outside of the threshold of God's system, try to control other people's will and their affections and their autonomy by misusing them. And the advantage or the goal is not that entirely clear. It's almost just a reaction, a reaction of we know from Satan that he fell from lightning like heaven is what Jesus Again, that word fall fell like lightning. That's a flash. That's a quick situation that is much, much bigger than us, much bigger than the energy that in one moment anyway we could put out. And there are whole movies and stories around this this fantasy of if humans had these fast and hot and energetic powers beyond what we have now, we would be superheroes and we'd be superheroines and doing amazing feats for or against humanity. And so we have this concept of pace in our cultural arenas and just in the spiritual realm. This idea for judgment, this method of judgment, judgment can often be skewed, can it not, outside of God's perfect knowledge and presence in all of our situations and all of the possibilities and all of the sovereign will of what He can do or what he knows about the future and the past and the present. Now, also, headship, bringing it back to this big giant concept of headship, which is pretty core and essential to grapple with in understanding my work and the larger picture of the solution I've crafted for heritage care and development for people and organizations and why this we story matters. In a spiritual sense, in, in Christianity, Jesus is the head of the church. And the scriptures talk about marriage even being an example of the Lord and his relationship with the church being called the bride of Christ. In fact, the resurrection is talked about not just of our bodies, but of the reunion, the reunion of all the people who've ever believed in Jesus in their lifetime and their reunion after the resurrection and this reunion with each other and with Christ coming back together, first the dead in Christ rise first in the clouds, and then we follow them who remain. This idea that that itself is as a marriage, or more to the point, a wedding celebration that we've been looking forward to and putting our hope in. Words of pace in scripture. Grace has pace. You hear the phrase pace of grace. Grace has pace. Patience has pace. Steadfast love has pace. Hope has pace. All of these things are a pace that requires a persistence, an enduring kind, a cooperation of our choice and our habits and our practice and our exercise and also our we story with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit who works in our lives. So we have the Trinity. The Trinity could be that image of what governs our pace. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. How they relate to each other, God being one, and their roles being that of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
And by the way, Isaiah also refers to God as a mother. Even Jesus himself said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if I could only just gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. So there's respect to the maternal influence of God that he is of a nurturing, loving God as much as he is a powerful, just, and therefore wrathful God. So that pace of wrath, wrath is something that's quick. And scriptures say, though our sorrow lasts for the night, our joy can come in the morning. And though God's anger be but for a moment, you know, his steadfast love and compassion continues for us. And that compassion, that pace of compassion, when Jesus gazed on the crowds, he did not make a snap. He did not render a snap judgment on the people. He saw they were hapless, helpless. They were without shepherd. They were without a head, a proper head that would guide them and govern them and care for them. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below and inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the Heritage Tree.